If you'd like to follow along in your Bibles, please turn to Luke chapter 19. Of course, you can follow along with the scripture on the screen as well. Luke chapter 19, beginning with verse 1. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem with his disciples. Verse 1, before he gets to Jerusalem, he gets to Jericho. Then Jesus entered, passed through Jericho. We've all heard Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Well, that's where Jesus is. It's an ancient city. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector. He was the arch He was the chief tax collector. He was the contractor that hired all of the other subcontractor tax collectors. He says here he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but he could not because of the crowd, for he was short of stature. He was too short to see over the heads of other people. A lot of you young people, y'all understand that. You, you understand not being able to see over the crowd. Dana, you understand that, don't you? She gave me a dirty look. She don't like me to comment on her short of stature. But the Bible comments on Zacchaeus' short of stature. Verse 4, so he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And then when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must stay at your house. Jesus invited himself over to Zacchaeus' house. But when they saw it, the they family, here they are again, the they family. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Notice they're not talking to Zacchaeus. They're not speaking to Jesus. The they's are just talking amongst themselves, aren't they? Complaining. Maybe Zacchaeus heard it. I don't know. But verse 8, then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. The language is saying, I have restored, I will restore, and I will continue to restore. And look what Jesus says. Jesus says to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So many lessons to learn here. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. I don't know if that's politically correct or not to sing nowadays. His height is spoken of here only as a, as a challenge, a challenge to overcome, a challenge that he had to overcome to see Jesus. Think of all the challenges that you've had to overcome in your life to get close to the Lord, to remain close to God. But the point I want to emphasize is that Jesus was kind to this man. Jesus was kind to Zacchaeus. 
Others, look at verse 7, they spoke pretty bad about Zacchaeus. Others considered him a sinner, didn't they? The they family did. But Jesus spoke to him. Jesus not only spoke to him, he went home with him. Jesus not only went home to him, he, he listened to him. Jesus taught Zacchaeus. He encouraged Zacchaeus. Why? Why was Jesus kind to this man? Out of all the people in the crowd, out of all the people that were following him, out of all his disciples, his entourage, why was Jesus kind to Zacchaeus? What made Zacchaeus so special? Let me explain. that it was not because of who who Zacchaeus was. It was because of who Jesus was. Verse 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Now, why are we kind to people? Why are we kind? Let me tell you something, Christians. it's, It's not because of who they are. It's because of who we are and, and, and whose we are. We're sons and daughters of a king. During the year 2013, we are devoting ourselves, we're devoting our energy to a We Care campaign. I've told you the history of this campaign, that it started in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, at the Church of Christ there. It was used at the Finlay Church of Christ. Brother Dwight Fuqua brought it to us this past summer at our gospel meeting. He told us of this, showed us these cards, gave me the PowerPoint so that I could show you these these, uh, slides and get up these cards. Our elders thought this would be a, a great theme for our year. That we care. We're to hand out these cards. We're to do simple acts of kindness, not get free bentos, Timothy. Where's Timothy? There he is over there. Not to get free bentos. Timothy was behind my wife at bentos last night. He thought she should have paid for his supper. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's, it's, to, it's, to, it's to show kindness to, to people we don't even know. That's the goal. To show acts, simple acts of kindness. Now, some of you may be thinking, why a campaign? Why, do we, why are you coming up with all this stuff that we have to do all the time? Why do we have to camp a campaign for something that we should be doing anyway? Preacher, I like to think that I'm a kind person without some kind of campaign. Without some kind of program that we've got to do yet again. Folks, these, these sermons and this campaign, they're designed to enlighten They're they're designed to exhort. They're designed to encourage. But I fear, I fear that we are losing sight of the power of kindness. Paul exhorted us to be kind to each other. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. 
And so many are stuck here on these benches in a box that they can't think out of. Why a campaign? Let me ask a question with a question. What do you think the unchurched in our community think about us? Now, I'm not asking if what they think is true or not. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Just what do you think that the unchurched in our community think about us? I went through three books in my library. Studies that have been recently done that have asked and answered this this question. One is Unchristian by David Kinneman, what a new generation really thinks about Christianity. Another by George Barna, the second coming of the church. And another, why they left, listening to those who have left the churches of Christ by, by Brother Flavel Yeakley. From these books, I've compiled five responses to the correct to the question, what do the unchurched in our community think about us? Now, these perceptions, true or not, these are perceptions that many outside the church either agree with or strongly agree with. Okay? Number one, 24-year-old Victoria said, everyone in my church gave me advice about how to raise my son. But a lot of them, a lot of the time, they seemed to be reminding me that I have no husband. And besides, most of them were not following their own advice. It made it hard to care what they said. They were not practicing what they preached. The perception out there of us is that Christians say one thing, but they do something totally different. The perception is from those outside looking in that we are hypocrites. This is a big reason why the unchurched have no interest in being here. Those in the church are seen to criticize what they too are involved with. 84% know a Christian personally. 84% of the unchurched know a Christian personally, but only 15% see a difference in their lifestyle. This is why we must practice what we preach. Jesus did. Jesus did. Jesus, it says in Acts chapter 1 verse 1, Jesus did and taught. Paul exhorted Philippians chapter 1 verse 2 to let our conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. You know, we preach being kind. We preach the golden rule, Matthew 7 verse 12, the royal law, James chapter 2 and and, and verse 8. We preach do good unto all, Galatians chapter 6 verse 10. We need to practice what we preach. Number two. The unchurched say that we are too judgmental. 25-year-old Jeff said this, 
Christians talk about hating sin and loving sinners, but the way they go about things, they might as well call it what it is. They hate the sin and the sinner. Young church say we're too judgmental. We're not accepting of other faiths. We're anti-homosexual. We're anti-live-in. We're anti-good time. We're anti-sin. We're goody-two-shoes who try to impose our will on everybody else. True or not, that's the perception. Even the young people in our own church, I'm not saying Fountainhead, I'm saying Flavel Yeakley found this in his book. He writes, People who work with the current generation of high school and college age members of the church are reporting that a majority of them do not expect to remain in the church of Christ after they graduate and are more independent. Even our, our own children think we're too judgmental. Number three. The unchurched see Christians as too insensitive. 50% of the unchurched see the church as too insensitive. Dwight Fuqua wrote, We often wonder why it's so hard to get them to visit. The reason is we're inviting them to a gathering of people that get on their nerves. (laughs) It's pretty blunt. The perception is that Christians are insincere and concerned with only converting others. That we really don't care about them as a people as long as we get them wet. 22-year-old Sean said this, Christians are too concerned with converting people. They are insincere. All I ever hear is, Get saved. I tried the whole Jesus thing already. It didn't work for me before, and I'm not interested now. Right or wrong, it's the perception that many outside the church have. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying it's the perception. Number four, many of the unchurched are saying this is all just too confusing. It's all confusing. That's the reason I don't want to go to church. It's too confusing. George Barner wrote that most Americans persist in relying upon their good works and good intentions. What this amounts to is a nation hooked on syncretism. S-Y-N-C-R-E-T-I-S-N. Syncretism, which is the blending of a variety of perspectives into an entirely new and heretical mixture of faith views. They pull from here, they pull from here, they pull from here, they pull from here, and they call it Christianity, even though it bears little resemblance to the faith conveyed in the Bible. In other words, people do what feels good and they call it Christianity, even though God never said it in the Bible. The Iron Church say this group says they're Christian, and this group says they're Christians, and this group has a different name, and this person over here, they've got a different name, and they call themselves Christians over here, and they teach something totally different. It's all confusing, and I just don't want to be a part of any of it. I'd rather just sleep in. 
Those outside looking in say that those who attend church are generally not more spiritual than those who do not attend. Many say, I'll take Jesus, but not the church. And there are millions watching the preachers on TV this morning who think just that way. Number five. The unchurched are saying that we as Christians, we just don't care. Here's the response. I live beside them. They are my neighbor. I know how they act and talk. Talk and they're not, they're not spiritual. Six out of ten say, six out of ten of the unchurched say, if people at church cared more about me as a person, I would be more likely to attend. David Kinnaman wrote this. He wrote, Think back to the story of Victoria, who, whose encounters with hypocritical churchgoers frustrated her and left her outside the church. Think back to Victoria. It's easy to miss the fact that so much of our lives is made up of the simple conversations and interactions we have with people. What is said in the hallway after church, the tone of voice someone uses, the parties you're invited to or not invited to, the genuineness of people's concern, how people respond to you and your child. Victoria gave Christians a chance and found us hypocritical. The way we react to people in their life circumstances is a measure of our spiritual maturity. Listen. Y'all know me. Y'all know that I care about the gospel. You know that I care about the lost obeying the gospel. You know that I care about worshiping God in spirit and in truth. I want to be just a Christian. I want us to be the church that's found in the New Testament. Y'all know that's what I want. Nothing more, nothing less. But listen. We are the church, whether we are in these walls on Sunday morning or out there in the community through the week. We are the church, no matter where we are. Wherever we are, we represent Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, you are an epistle of Christ. You're a letter of Christ sitting out into the world, Paul wrote, and you are known and read by all men. What has caused this perception? What has caused this kind of reputation for the church? I'll answer the question with a question. Do we really care? Do we really listen to people? Do we address the real needs of people or just our perception 
of what they need. Are we saying, if you go to worship with me, I will hold you in higher regard and I'll interact with you. But if you don't go to worship with me, I will ignore you. Is that what we're saying? Maybe not in words, but maybe in other ways. What's the answer? What's the answer? The answer is kindness. That's the answer. The answer is kindness. You know, when someone is kind to you, it's hard to say. They're a bunch of hypocrites. (laughs) When someone is kind to you, it's hard for them to say, he's too judgmental. When somebody's kind to you, it's hard to say, well, they're just insensitive. When somebody's kind to you, the confusion becomes less so, doesn't it? When somebody kinds to you, the perception that you don't care goes out the window. Kindness is so important. Why campaign? On the surface, Operation We Care is about doing simple acts of kindness. But it's the beneath the surface that I want to get to. It's beneath the surface. There's a lot more than that. The challenge for 2013 is to look at our lives and make sure that we are kind people. Have you used your card yet? Have you even picked any up? I have no punishment for you. If you have not used your cards yet, I'm not your daddy and I'm not going to whip you. I'm not going to ask you to look in the mirror. I'm not going to ask you to look in the mirror and see a non-involved member there. I'm not fussing. It goes deeper. I want you to look into your heart of hearts and I want you to ask, am I really a kind person? Have I been fooling myself? Am I self-centered? Have I just been living for me? Am I really a kind person or am I just a taker in this world? Is all I do is take? Tell you what, you know what? The givers in this congregation have no problem with this campaign. The givers in this congregation, you find this fun. The givers in this congregation, all you needed was a reason. Takers, they have difficulty, they struggle with this campaign. Do you have a lifestyle maybe that's too self-absorbed? It really looks inward more than it looks outward? What you really need to do is make a lifestyle change. I promise, this is not your weekly beating. It's to exhort you, to encourage you, to admonish you. This is not your weekly beating, but... Galatians chapter 4 verse 6 excuse me, Galatians chapter 4 verse 16 
have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Why a campaign? Why do we have a campaign? If others cannot look at Fountainhead and say, those are the kindest people in town, we really need to question ourselves. When we see what it's costing God's church, it should break our hearts. Something is wrong. Something is wrong if... Something is wrong if we think that it doesn't matter how we live outside these walls as long as we're right inside these walls. Something's wrong with us. Our discipleship is only as real as our service. Dwight Fuqua correctly said, and when we say service, we need to be sure that we're not saying serve us. Matthew 20, verses 26 and 27, Jesus said the the great become the servants. The first become the slaves. Like Jesus, we we need to speak to people. We need to listen to people. We need to Teach them. We need to encourage them. Why a campaign? You know, I, I'm pretty much a friendly guy. I can get along with people. And I'll talk to people. I'll invite people without having a We Care campaign. I really will. There's a lot of you that way too. But if it makes me examine my life and challenges me to be a better Christian by being kind, then it's a good thing. It's a good thing to do. This campaign is worth it. Getting the focus off me and being a servant is powerful. It's awesome. And it will help us be involved in changing lives. If you agree with me, sing with me. Lord, make me a servant. Lord, make me like you. For you are a servant, make me one too. Lord, make me a servant, do what you Lord, make me 
your heart is broken. And you know that you haven't been a servant of Jesus Christ. You have been self-centered, self-absorbed, but you're ready to make a change. Maybe that change is putting Jesus Christ on in baptism. Maybe that change is asking for prayers. We can help you along this life-changing experience. Whatever your need, come right now. Let's together we stand and sing.